You're listening to Connected in Christ, where Jesus Christ is the connection in every discussion. Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Connected in Christ. I am one of your hosts, Bridget Heller, and with me, I have several of our fabulous hosts. I'm going to introduce them to you real quick so you can hear their voices, know who they are when they're speaking, and we have this fabulous conversation. So first, we have Miss Giselle Taylor. Hi. And then we've got Miss Elizabeth Baker. Hello. And Andrew Blackwood. Everybody. All right. So today, I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation. It's a little different than how we've typically been because it's focused on a very specific subject versus kind of a gen- general conversation about something within culture. We've done a lot of cultural talks, right? So this is a very specific subject, and that is on, ready for it, covenants. And we're going to talk about a lot about it, but I just want to highlight, I, I had a, we always pray before we start this podcast. And as Andrew was praying, I was like, oh, I remembered I was going to look that up. And it was how many times in the Bible, I, I did the King James Version Bible, is the word covenants or covenanted used in the King James Bible? Anyone want to guess how many times this word is used? That'd be up in the hundreds, right? Like, how, oh, yeah, come on, guys. Be, uh, like, what, what's your guess? Give yeah, it uh, my, my guess is probably uh, 30. I was thinking 70, 75. Okay, I was thinking uh, over 100. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so 30, 70, 100, 555 times. Oh! 555 times in the King James Version of the Bible. So this could be different. And it would be interesting to look at the different versions, right? And how many times. And you'd have to throw in the word promise then if you're looking at different versions. But 555 times are covenants referred to in the Bible. Wow. So we are taught, I think that gives some real... This is an important conversation, and I'm excited to talk about it. So who wants to start us out today? I'm excited to jump into this because when we first started this journey, I did not know what a covenant was. I didn't know where it was in the Bible, why it was in the Bible. And so a covenant is a promise between two people, Christ and you. It could be between a husband and a wife. And so starting there kind of gave me a foundation to then continue this growth. So it's been super cool to do a deep dive into the study so much so that I am going to have to contain my excitement (laughs) and thoughts. But the biggest thing learning this, I was reading it with side by side with Genesis and Exodus. Mm -hmm. So I don't have specific scriptures, although I can tell you if you have questions about this, start with Genesis and Exodus. Those two are books that are back to back the beginning and then right after that. And in that study, I learned that there are five fundamental covenants, and that's Noah's, Abraham, Moses, David, and then the new covenant through Jesus. So I was like, what? So then I geeked out, and then I thought of Elizabeth because she loves this stuff. And I love it so much. It's so good. (laughs) So I wanted to start with Noah's Ark and how that covenant was a promise that God made to Noah. The world was spiraling after Adam and Eve and after Canaan. Is it Canaan? Killed his brother. Cain. 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 Thank you, Cain. Killed his brother. Our world was just a disaster. And it sounded so 
just sad when I read it. That's the emotion I got. Like I, I was just sad by that story. And, and to see that this flood came, Jesus honored and Noah and his family because Noah was obedient. And then the promise came. And I've heard this before that our rainbow is God's promises, but I didn't realize that it's a covenant. And so words just took a whole new meaning to me. And it taught me that words are so important, how we use them, where we use them. I want to get your guys' thoughts and then we can go into different types of covenants. Okay, I just want to okay. say something really quick because I know, I know Liz, I'm going to sit back a little bit. I think no, it's totally got so much. <laughs> Go but I just want to, you said something so important right now. You said our words are important. And I was just talking to a mutual friend of ours, Alexia, uh, mama with a calling. You should go check her out. She's awesome. But we were talking about covenants, actually. I don't know how her and I got talking about covenants this week, but we were talking about it. And she said, it's wild to me, like a birthright. There was, oh gosh, now I'm going to mix up all my words because I'm excited, but like, Jacob and Esau and like who stole the birthright what is the two Jacob Jacob stole Esau's birthright and and Esau was like so upset about it he went to his dad he says give it back I want it back and he says I can't I've already said it I've already done it and her and I were talking about the importance of words that God's God views words as binding these are binding agreements and so a covenant is a binding agreement between you and the Lord. And this is was an example of that. And she was just like, I don't know if we understand that our words today affect generations in the future. Yes. Yes. Oh, and we I, saw that play out. Yeah. And real quick, I want to piggyback off of that. This is, a, it's binding. It's a commitment, but it's not a contract. And there's a difference. And so I went down a whole spiral on that. But because um, contracts are different than your commitment to what your word is. And so contracts can be broken. Our covenants should not be broken. Hmm. So (laughs) go ahead, Liz. No, you guys said (laughs) exactly what I was going to say. And the fact that I'm going to just combine what you said, Giselle, with what you said, Bridgette, and the fact that I heard this definition of a covenant. And yes, it's a two-way promise, but it's a two-way promise that binds two people together, like Bridgette said, but when you to either two people or two groups together and it binds it. And I feel like when we covenant with God or sorry, when we covenant, well, when we covenant with Jesus, what we're actually doing is binding ourselves to God. Like because of Jesus, we're able to bind ourselves with God. And I think that's really important to understand and remember. So as Christians, we, um, we have all made, and maybe I'm not quite sure everybody's story here, but most Christians get baptized, right? So when we want to declare ourselves as followers of Christ, oftentimes we will get baptized. Well, what are we doing when we get baptized? We are promising that we will follow the Savior, that we will live how he lived, that we will do what he asks us to do. That is a covenant. That's literally called the baptismal covenant. I just wrote down some little notes. And the definition that I wrote down is that it creates a relationship and defines it, establishes and binds two people together. When we covenant, for example, at baptism to follow Jesus, what we are doing is we're defining that relationship that we want to have with Jesus. When we get married, a marriage covenant, that's another version of or another example of a covenant. Who here remembers the vows they said when they got married? Andrew, what did you guys vow to each other? 
do you mind well, sharing? There were several, no, not at all. We, we we wrote our own, but then we also had the traditional ones in sickness and health and, you know, all those other pieces that most other people do as well. Exactly. And so when someone doesn't live up to those vows, so that's another word that you can almost interchange with the word covenant. So maybe if the listeners who's ever listening, maybe you're more familiar with the word vow rather than covenant. It goes back to the words matter, right? And so once you're understanding the words you're using, then things become more alive. And so when you're in this relationship or when you get married, what you're essentially doing is you're defining that relationship is an outward performance of the inward feelings that you have within your heart. Because oftentimes, especially today with the rising generation, and even with our generation, we saw it happening where people will live together. And why do they live together is because they have this relationship, but they're not married yet. And so why is that ceremony so important to people? Like, why don't we just cohabitate? Why don't we just say, hey, I love you. You love me. And I'm not trying to slam anybody that's listening. If you're living with somebody, I'm so sorry. I, I'm not trying to downplay that or oh, I'm not trying don't, don't to. Be, don't be sorry. Yeah, don't no, be I'm sorry. Not, I, I'm not trying to judge. I don't want to sound judgmental at all. But at the same time, why do we have that ceremony? It's really important as an, an outward manifestation of your inward desire, your inward commitment to Christ is really, really important. And I I, think it's more binding. And I, and I just want to share a really quick story I found on the internet. And it's about this Christian artist really known for her paintings of Christ. What she wrote in towards the end of her life, I found really, really powerful. So her last name is tech heart. I just found her, but I really love what she said. She told this experience. So I'm just going to read it. She tells of when she was falling ill during the 1918 influenza pandemic. This illness led Techhart to a pivotal experience. She later reflected. So these are her own words. My sister and I were both near death. It seemed I was sinking so fast when I thought of prayer. I thought of my years of study, and so far I had done nothing with the, with my art education. Suddenly I was ne- kneeling sensitive I promised the Lord if I finished my work and he would give me more, I would gladly do it. With this covenant in my heart, I began to live. Techark recovered and fulfilled her promise, living with a covenant in her heart to do the work God gave her and paint the things he put in her mind. And so for me, that's such a huge example of a pivotal moment where she covenanted with God that, and that if she if god would allow her to be healed she would commit her, the rest of her life painting the lord and doing the lord's work and i and i thought that was a really awesome example of a personal covenant mm-hmm. that yeah. we all we all can make personal covenants with god so there's this the i don't know what to call them but there's covenants that we make as a whole like baptismal baptismal covenants the marriage covenant And those are all very, very important covenants, but there's also a, you can take that same principle and apply it to your life with God. And what, what you're doing is creating your relationship with God and binding yourself to him through your actions. So I thought that was really powerful. I love that example for sure. Yeah, I I agree. I, 
I, I think the concept of covenants and promises and vows, they can all mean the same thing. But there's language, you know, conveyed by words, but then there is the word of God, yeah. the living word of God. It, there's language, there's the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Like Jesus himself is the living word. So when we think about a covenant and our covenant versus his covenant, there are two different categories. We fail. I fail all the time. I don't care what my promise is. I promise you I'm going to fail. But God makes a promise. His word is fact. His word is unbeatable. His version of co covenant is his identity. So he has a covenant and he invites us into this covenant he invites us into himself to experience him so when i think about covenant i think about him his enduring nature his promises his word when he gives us his word you know that he's going to keep it so when he makes his promise to uh to abraham to whoever he makes his promise to hebrews 6 chapter chapter 6 verse 13 says for when god made a promise to abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself right in Isaiah 55 and 11, he says that my word will not return to me void. Like I say something, it's going to happen. So I just, I, I like the idea of covenant and promise, his covenant and promise to me, because there's rest in it. There's peace in it. Even in my imperfection, his grace, he's been so gracious. He gives me time. He's like, you know, I'm going to be faithful to you. And I want you to learn how to be faithful to me. You know, so even though I have a vow and I have a covenant conceptually with my wife and we're working on it, it is like me trying to catch up and live up and live out God's promise to me, God's promise to his bride. And it's always something I'm aiming for on the one hand, but something I get to participate in on the other hand. So his word, his promise is a covenant to me. I know we talk about the Davidic promise and the Abrahamic promise and, you know, all these other covenants. But I'm grateful for the covenant that Jesus made to send a comforter to me. That's a covenant for me. Like I get to engage with him every day. He is, I said this the last time I think we spoke. He's my friend. He's my sanity. He's my provider. He is my salvation. That's covenant. He's yeah. so merciful. His yeah. mercy endures to all generations. That's the actual living out of his covenant. He's coming back to receive us to himself. That's covenant. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about it because it gives me a sense of hope, but also a sense of rest and peace. Like I can rest today in that promise, in that covenant that he made, that he is to me and he invites me into that yes so this is an interesting thing in the book of mormon there's actually a conversation between these brothers that's happening about covenants and i was just reading it today so it's very fresh in my mind and they asked the question is this a temporal thing or a spiritual thing like is this physical or is it spiritual what is this and he says it's temporal this is a this is an in-person promise in this world it's not like this spiritual truth 
all, but what you just said, Andrew, I think is important because what, as I was studying this and reading it, I thought, okay, that actually makes sense. It's a verbal promise. It's a written promise. It's like, uh, we're giving these very specific examples of promises. It is a temporal thing, but it becomes spiritual as you live through that promise, as you live into it. And that's exactly what you were talking about, Andrew, is when you fully engage with the Lord in these covenants, in these promises, it changes you and it changes your view. It changes your relationship. It changes everything. And that is highly spiritual. That's highly spiritual. So it's really cool because I think the covenants are much like the commandments. They start, it's a starting place for a relationship. And then that relationship becomes so personal and so deep. And I just, because I totally have ADHD and I've got to point it out for anyone watching on the YouTube, Andrew has a cross in the background. We're blur out our background, but there's a cross back there. Oh, it's light. white. It's light. It's I totally I see it. <laughs> yeah. I totally, I didn't notice it. Christ has entered the that. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so normally we have Christ in the meeting and we didn't today because Tanya's the one who does that. And so we just didn't, <laughs> but guess what? Christ he showed up. He always shows up. Just like he keeps his promises as we've been talking about. So anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. And Andrew, really quickly, what were those um scripture references? I wanted to write it down a list of like scripture references for this topic. So you said Hebrew. What was the Hebrews scripture reference six, in Hebrew? Verse 13. Okay. Okay. And then Isaiah. Isaiah 55, right? verse 11. Okay, and also my studies for Thank this so have led me to Isaiah a ton because that is so yes. many places where the Lord is like exactly what you said, Andrew. There's so many scriptures that say, I keep my promises. I keep my covenants. I, I, I love that. Okay, so I going along because I want to share the scripture reference because I feel like it ties in what Andrew was saying, what you just said, Bridget, I feel like it ties both of the, what, your thoughts together. Just to give a little bit of background to help it make a little more sense. The Lord just led the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, and they are now in the wilderness. And this is at some point during those 40 years, this is happening. And so all the Israelites are out in the wilderness, and Jesus comes to Moses and says, Come up to the mount. And I'm going to actually read the verse in which he says this. Just one second. Oh, so in chapter, in Exodus chapter 24, starting, I'm going to start in verse three, and I'm going to jump around just a little bit. So in verse three, it says, and Moses came and told the people all the words. So going along with Andrew said, words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people. So judgments, you can also say commandments. Instead of the word judgments, you can insert the word commandments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord hath said, we will do. And so I think that's really powerful how as a group, they were one in Christ because of the covenant they all made at that moment. And so when there, I think the reason, part of the reason why we always feel so connected when we live as Christians or as Christians is because in our hearts, there's this overwhelming desire to follow Jesus. Even, yeah. even though outwardly it may look a little bit different, you know, but that desire is there. So I think that's why we're able to unite through Christ is because of the covenants we are making. The covenant to keep his commandments helps unite us. 
And so it talks a little more about that, right? And then in verse nine, it says, then went up Moses and Aaron and Nabat, and I can't say all the words. So they, the elders of Israel went up the mountain and they saw God, the God of Israel. And there um, was, and then it describes the mountain a little bit, right? So they go up and they meet God. And in verse 12, it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount. And so when going back to what Andrew is saying is God has established his covenant, his commandments. And what he's doing is he's inviting us to come up to him. He's inviting us to come up to the mountain. And we're able to do that when we keep his commandments. And the Lord is always inviting us to come up to him because he wants to bless us. He wants to give us further light and knowledge. He wants us to be like him. And he just he wants us to be happy. And as we come up to him and as we commit to living how he would have us live, it's really powerful and it binds us to him. It creates this relationship with him. And it, through it, he's able to bless us. He's able to heal us. He's able to comfort us and all these blessings that come from doing so. And so I just thought this whole story and I could go on, but that's where I'm going to cut off because I think that's the most important thing I think for us to remember is yes. that it's about that relationship with God. And that's exactly what I my like what I came to when I was doing my study. And the Bible Project is a organization that I went to because they have a ton of free videos um, online and everything that kind of explain this in a visual. And they said they described covenants as a restoring of humanity to its divine calling. And I love that because God saw what Adam and Eve did and he was so heartbroken, but then he got right into work. He was like, okay, let's put some order into this. And he's trying to rescue his world. And then he makes it with Noah. And then he does it again with Abraham. And then you, with Abraham, you have Isaac and Jacob. And so as I studied each individual, I noticed just like our families have cycles that we're all trying to break and we're trying to improve. They did too. They're trying to break these cycles. They're trying to break it. And every time they fail, but there's, they have that personal relationship with God and they're trying their best. And that's what we're doing. We are trying our best and we fail every day. And it's not until we seek more and we're looking into our studies that we're like, okay, I, I can be Christ like this way. Mm -hmm. And that's even a covenant. If that's where you start, how can I be Christ like today? And when I was able to make that switch to this big concept, I couldn't wrap my mind around of what is a covenant. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm married. So I can start with my marriage. I made a promise to my husband. It wasn't a contract, a contract, a contract I can break. We weren't in a contract. I said I was going to stay with him. And so when anything arises, we're there working it together. And then I go back to prayer and then we come back and, um, when I got my baptism, that was me seeking God. I made that promise. So I love that you brought that up, Elizabeth, because that is that inward emotion being displayed for the world to see. And then with that is just teaching my children and teaching people around me and being a, re a role model through faith and prayer. And if that's the covenant where I can begin, just like Abraham did, just like Jacob, just like Moses, even King David, then I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I'm working towards it. And so it's so much to unpack guys. <laughs> it's so beautiful to see all these visuals and that these people tried and God remained faithful in every covenant he made 
with each individual and their generations. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's why it's so important to study the scriptures. So when you hear the term, the Davidic covenant or the Abrahamic covenant, it's not something you really want naturally are connected to. Right. Mm-hmm. But as you study the word of God and the scriptures, what we need to be doing is seeing where do we fit in as a child of God? How does this apply to me? And you start to realize that through these covenant promises that the Lord made with those of old, we realize that he's trying to do the same for us today. Yeah. And that he wants to have the same type of relationship with each of us today because he wants all of his children bound to him. Yeah. He wants all all of his children, not just a few, not just like the small group of Jews or the small group of so-and-so or small group. He wants us all. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage people to study these covenants because it will teach us how God interacts with his children on earth and what we can be doing today to have that same binding relationship with our heavenly father. And that is, I think is really important for us to express that that relationship that we can have today with our our heavenly father is only possible through Jesus Christ. It is because of Jesus Christ and the covenant that he made (laughs) before the world even came to, before this world was even created. We learn in Genesis that he covenanted with God to send me and I will be their savior. The God said, who will, who will go down? And then both Satan and Christ both volunteered and God chose Jesus because Jesus was willing to follow God's way. And so I just feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the Savior's atonement, which makes all of this possible. The fact that he died for us, the fact that when we do mess up, that because you're right, Andrew said this, Giselle said this, we mess up. We mess up every single day. We're not perfect. And that's okay. Because what is it that we're actually, what is it that we covenanted to do? is try. So when we covenant that when we do realize that we're falling away from God through our actions, we can just wake up the next day and be like, you know what? I'm going to choose this instead. So it brings me closer to God. I'm going to fulfill my covenant and my promise to God to follow him just a little bit more today. And that's what he expects from us. And that's what he wants. And that's all possible because of our savior. Yep. Absolutely. Amen. I love that. I want to share this real quick. So if you are studying and doing a deep dive, if you even Google things and then Google images of things, a lot comes up. I want to, our viewers that are listening, you really can't see, but there's this graph um, that comes up on biblical covenants. I'll try to share it on our Instagram, but I love the way this was laid out because it shows initial signs of covenants and then ongoing signs, the seals and so forth. And this help me break it up to see the different things like the ongoing sign for Noah is the rainbow we all know that we learn that as a child and we kind of see that with Abraham it was the circumcision and then with Israel in the old covenant was the Sabbath and he talks how important the Sabbath is so back to I one of you I think it was Elizabeth said how important the commandments are and the commandments go with our covenants and so to see that we've had it, we have an episode. So go back and listen to season one on our episode of um, commandments, because I, I it was just so cool to see it all together. And like, it's like making a braid or like, that's what I visualize. It's all these connections of um, bringing the things that we're learning here together and seeing it unfold is a really neat, um, has been a really neat learning process. 
and all of this. That was a good episode too, for the record. That <laughs> on commandments. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So um, yeah, just make sure that you guys are seeking constantly and and then come to ask, ask us questions about it. We're happy to talk about it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um so as we were studying about this, there's two scriptures that came to mind, and I think it's really cool just how the spirit works because it wraps up everything that we've talked about. And this is Isaiah uh, 53 verses well, 3-4. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid it as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And just as Elizabeth said, I mean, covenants bind us to God. And it is through Christ that we are healed and saved. And he chose us first so that we have the opportunity to choose him every day. And then the last one is Isaiah 49. And it's it's kind of talking about, I think when you read Isaiah, sometimes it's confusing, but when it's kind of, I often find myself in Isaiah and not in the positive way. When he's talking about the traits of the world or the things, the attitudes, I'm like, oh shoot, I've done that. You know, it's kind of a call to repentance sometimes when you're reading Isaiah. <laughs> But it says, but Zion said, the Lord hath forsaken me and the Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. Behold, I have engraven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. And I just want to wrap up with a very, very, very quick story. I remember the first time I read the scripture. This is so weird how the word works. I was 11 years old. And I remember thinking, how can a mom forget her child? That's not even possible. Now, thankfully, you hear this, you go, oh, you must be, have had a nice childhood. Yes, overall I did. And I couldn't comprehend how a mom could forget her child. Many years later, I'm the oldest of seven. My mom was involved with her younger kids and not me. And I felt forgotten. And I remember reading the scripture and going, I understand how a mom can forget her children. And understanding in that moment how I had to turn to the Savior that he would never forget me. That he would never. And that that is very real. We see it happening today constantly. Go to the store and watch the interactions with parents and children. They are forgetting their children. And I didn't never know when I read this the first time that I would see it fulfilled in so many areas of my life. But I just want to testify right now as we wrap up this podcast that the scriptures are the word of God, that these prophecies, these covenants, they are not just words. They are the embodiment of relationship and a pathway back to him and with him in this life. And I am so thankful for each of you showing up today and having this conversation and not shying away from it because it is needed. The Lord never forgets us. He is with us. And these covenants bring us to him. So thank you. Thank you all for showing up. And for those listening, may the Lord be with you until we meet again.